All right, so today it's going to be the AFC North and the NFC North. We're going to start with the AFC North because we, uh, we, for the first time in this series, we got us a homer, baby. We're talking AFC North football. We're talking Pittsburgh Steelers football. And I can't think of a better person to go to for Pittsburgh Steelers football than our own Jacob Wilson. Um, Pookie, you know that there's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan club in Little Rock, right? Uh, I didn't know that. I would be too embarrassed to join. <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're huge they have like some of the international students who come over for our high school yeah drew they're this big for the people that are watching the video they're this big they're <laughs> that big but dude that yeah, there's a pretty massive following we need to hook you up when the season starts like they even have small parades um they might have one for the Steelers if they ever make the Super Bowl again so if I don't know that's a big if <laughs> yeah they it's, haven't been. They haven't won a Super Bowl since I started watching football. <laughs> that's that's the truth. All right, we're gonna get started with the AFC North. We'll leave the Steelers till the end, so Poogie has the floor to talk about them. Um, where to start, Drew? Where to start with the AFC North? I wonder where we'll start. Yeah, um, you got to start with the Ravens, of course. You know, the team that was the was the best record last year, um, and so we're gonna start there. The over under for them is 11 and a half they're tough because they play a lot of a lot of tough games they're they play a lot of primetime games you know you got the cowboys you got the you got at cleveland you've got at new england you play um against cincinnati you have a lot of primetime games that are going to be tough games i'm probably going to say they're going to get at least 12 wins just because i think they beat everyone in their north and they probably split with Pittsburgh one game. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say they're probably going to get 12 because they'll probably beat out the rest. But I just think I, I, I think it's what they did this offseason, even though they didn't make huge moves, they, a lot of, they made a lot of good moves that are going to make them a better football team with Clayus Campbell, Derek Wolf. You know, they added J.K. Dobbins. The biggest thing is they lost Marshall Yonda, but I do think that they're still a good overall team. And the Ravens are, have always been a great organization that have – great football teams even if they're not the best overall talent well Pookie's gonna be salty talking about the Ravens because they took his guy J.K. Dobbins they did take my guy J.K. Dobbins man why'd they have to do that <laughs> well, your your guys had their chance man we had our chance and the Ravens showed again that they can draft the Ravens are one of the best drafting teams in football and they also have one of the best coaches in John Harbaugh and it always seems like no matter what year it is, they always seem to come out more talented than the previous year. Uh, even though they had a couple of down seasons recently, they added Lamar Jackson and everything's turned around since. But you can't ignore just how well they consistently draft, so it's always hard to count the Ravens out. You guys are forgetting the key ingredient to all their success. Number nine, that bad man, Justin Tucker. Everything changed when Justin Tucker got to town. All right, arguably the maybe the greatest kicker of all time, coming from a kicker, and um, you know, you get, I think Sam Cook is gone now, but um, that'll be we'll talk about that one later. Pookie, without talking about the Steelers just yet, is it fair to say that the AFC is up between Baltimore and Kansas City right now? I think that that's a fair assessment. You can't say for certain because. You know, year-to-year year things can change. Just look at how the Jaguars and Patriots were at the top of the AFC just a couple of years ago. But now 
they could both be bottom feeders, depending on how good New England is this year. But right now, as of this moment, AFC, the AFC runs through Baltimore and Kansas City. If you want to have a chance at a Super Bowl, you're going to have to take one of those two teams down. So those, those are your preseason favorites for the AFC? If I, if I was basing it completely off of last season and how well it's done in the offseason so far, I would definitely say that it is. My caveat would be if Andrew Luck was still playing, I would have the Colts up there. But since he's not, that doesn't matter. Uh, I certainly agree with you. It's worth mentioning to the people listening at home that Baker Mayfield has joined us. So throughout this series, Drew will be putting on the jersey representing a player that plays in the divisions that we talk about. It's Baker Mayfield this week uh, when we talk to AFC North. Um, so we're going to move on. Let's see. Pookie, we're going to go with the Browns now. They have a, a eight and a half is what USA Today has them slotted as for their over-under. I think that eight and a half is pretty fair because the Browns are sort of a, a wild card when it comes to predicting what they're going to do next season because they have the talent to be a 10-win team, but they also have flaws in the in just the way the organization is run that could lead them to only getting to eight wins or nine wins. And, you know, they – they have that same core of talent on offense, o Odell Beckham, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry, young quarterback and Baker Mayfield. And all those guys played good last year. They just didn't reach their full potential, which is what you expect from the coaching end is to get the full potential out of your players. So if they even if they improve on the coaching end of this, this season, they can definitely, you know, surpass that eight and a half win total. And not to even mention, they still have Denzel Ward on defense, uh, Sheldon Richardson, Chad Chad Thomas. Those are all pretty talented guys. So it's just like, what what are we going to see from Cleveland this year? You you just have no idea. Are they going to continue to show that they're inept and just bomb with no matter how much talent they have? Or are they actually going to put some of those high draft picks that they've gotten in the previous years to work? Here's my thing with Cleveland. Uh, this year, Baker Mayfield has no excuses because I go out and get Jack Conklin in free agency. I draft Jedrick Wills Jr. I'm, so I've got a tackle for the future. I've got a proven tackle um, on another side. To me, it's, it's right there for the Browns. Are they the best team in the division going into the season? No, they're not. That I would reserve that spot for the Ravens. But there is no reason to me – unless Stefanski is just not head coaching material, even if he was like an average or just below above average head coach, the Browns should be a playoff team. There is no reason for this team not to be a playoff team. So to me, this is it for Baker Mayfield. Now, if he doesn't get it done this year, is he not the quarterback next year? No, that's not the case. But I just, I give him all these weapons. I'm putting him in a position to win and I use this year as the benchmark. Is he good enough to make it happen? So I would say this year in particular for Cleveland is as big for a team and for Baker, just for a quarterback in Baker, as maybe there is in the league. They've got to win. You've got to make it happen, in my opinion. Especially, especially with Miles Garrett on defense. Dude, they're they're going to fight tooth and nail, and they're going to swing every fucking helmet to get to the playoffs this year. No doubt. I think Cleveland. I think Cleveland is one of the one of those teams that gets talked about every offseason more than anyone else. But I feel like this offseason, I haven't heard Cleveland's name as much. Um, it's good. 
Yeah, which is good for them because I believe that whenever I, I don't think they need as much pressure for them to be any for them. They don't need more pressure than what they already have. They're the Cleveland Browns every year. If they don't go, if they don't get nine wins, then the year is a failure, which uh, I disagree. I think, but I think they're one of the most talented rosters from top to bottom that, in the league, and I think they have a real chance this year. But I also I think playing in Cleveland comes with a curse. You got to overcome it, baby. You got to overcome. Hey, they they real life they real life need to trade Odell though. Yeah, um, they did take the first step to becoming a top tier franchise. The uniforms, baby. The uniforms, Drew. You heard it from me when they first came out. I said best uniforms, uh, top five uniforms in the NFL. It uh, obviously more uniforms came out, more changes in opinion, but a good start. We're going back to the old school. Get rid of those crap uniforms. Uh, that it's no offense to you, Drew. Uh, yeah, I mean, looks, I, you make I it bought, look great. I you bought one before, great. like a year or two before they changed the uniform. They they literally had just changed it, and I bought the uniform, and then they changed it two years later to the old uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, these uniforms are ugly. The new ones they got are really nice. I think it'll. I think it'll. It will bring an old school mindset to them. Well, we're gonna move on to a team that needs a new school look about them because old school's just not working. The Cincinnati Bengals were on the clock. We all knew where they were going to do. They went with Joe Burrow, Drew. Not we, you know, it's not going to be a great season for them this year. But how do you see the Bengals looking? Uh, you know, their over under is five. Um, I think that them and the Jaguars, they play the Jags this year. Uh, they're going to be playing for the worst team in the NFL. Uh, they're going to be playing for that number one overall pick. I do think they beat out the Jags because I think the Jags are a worse overall team. Wait, you know, they, they beat the Jags or they beat them out for the number one pick? They, they beat them and the Jags get the number one pick. Okay. The Jags, I think, are the worst team in the NFL, which bodes well for me. But um, <laughs> I think with A.J. Green, with, with Joe Mixon, and with Joe Burrow, that they're going to at least win two, three games. Uh they weren't a terrible team last year whenever like the first eight games, they were God awful. And then the second half of the year, they were a lot better. Uh, you know, you still have Geno Atkins on the defensive line. Like they're not, they have, they have weapons. They just, they're very, very thin at every position. And they need to get better on the O line. They need to get better on defense, but I think they have pieces that are going to let them win a couple games, but I don't think they're going to get over five. Their first-round pick from a year ago, Jonah Williams, was out for last season with an injury. Him coming back will will help. A.J. Green, too, Pookie, definitely, um, if he's healthy. Uh, Oh, got to make one last point before we move on to the Steelers. I I disrespected Austin Hooper. He's with the Browns now, too. Just another reason to why, you know, Baker's got everything he could possibly ask for. But, uh, Pookie, it's go time, baby. Drew and I are staying out of this one. Get it, rip it, let it rip. Okay, the Steelers. I have there's two questions going into this, or three questions going into this season that you need to ask. One, where the fuck did Ben Roethlisberger put his beard? Where is it going? Is he going to be able to make the throws or not? Because if if he can't, I want him to keep that shit and let and let Mason Rudolph play. <laughs> two, can the defense replicate its success this year? You know, that that's a big question uh, because they played lights out last season. They added, added Minka Fitzpatrick and it transformed the whole defense because on the back end, he's just such a good deep cover safety that 
you it makes it very risky to throw the ball deep against them because you risk being intercepted anytime that you do it. And then you have, you know, TJ Watt, Bud Dupree on the pass rush. So it's just like you have two elite pass rushers on both ends. It's adding up to be it looks like that they can replicate that success, but there's still the question of consistency there. And the third question is, what will these young receivers prove this year? Because James Washington, Deontay Johnson, and Juju Smith-Schuster, none of them flashed big numbers last year, but Deontay Johnson and James Washington showed potential of what they could do had they not been playing with a below-average quarterback. So it's just like, what are we going to see out of them? They added Clay, uh, Chase Claypool, really big receiver, so it gives them a red zone weapon, I guess. You know, if they can make good use of him, uh, they could add – a def- definitely some more scores last year where they struggled in the red zone. Uh, running back is a question, a questionable position for me because you have guys like the receiving core that have passed, uh, showed potential. Uh, James Conner was a, in the Pro Bowl just a few short years ago, but now he's just, uh, it, he looks like he's walking with bricks on his feet. It's just, <laughs> it's hard to get behind that. I still love the guy, proud of him for beating cancer, but. We need a bag that's going to be able to uh, bring speed to the game. And Anthony McFarlane, I'm not sure if he's the answer. So the Steelers have some puzzle pieces together. They, they're getting Stephon Tewitt back. They still have Joe Hayden, Stephen Nelson, Mike Hilton, and Cam Sutton at the cornerback position. They're loaded there. So if one guy goes down, they can still be ta- uh, talented. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers went in the playoffs this year, but it would be as a wild card team at about 10-6. and six. So help me out here. You get the last word. What is a successful season for Pittsburgh? I honestly think the only successful season is a wild card playoff berth. That's the bare minimum for me. Because this team has too good of a defense for for them to make excuses for the offense. They have been Roethlisberger back, so it's not like they can say they're playing with a bad quarterback and their defense had to carry it. Ben Roethlisberger is going to bring it to the table, so it's just like, if you don't make the playoffs with that amount of talent, Mike Tomlin's seat should be very, very hot. Wow. So this potentially could be the year for Mike Tomlin, you think? I think it's a make-or-break season because they missed the playoffs the past two years. Um, they've been in the contention until the very end, but it's it's time to see some results from this young group of players. I understand that they lost Antonio Brown, lost Le'Veon Bell, and weren't really able to replace them immediately, but you have a playoff caliber defense and you can't let that go to waste. All right, we're going to do NFC North now. It's just me and Drew who get to go somewhere on this fine Memorial Day holiday. You know, he's a good-looking dude, socially active dude. No telling what he's up to right now. You know, know, I'm sure the girls were waiting for him to get out of the the room and stop talking to us so he could finally talk to them. So it's just going to be Drew and I. Uh, For those of you listening at home, he and I are both doing the jersey thing now because I do have an NFC North jersey. Drew's got on a, uh, unfortunately, time Stephon Diggs Vikings jersey. And I've got a, an Aaron Rodgers Packers jersey, Super Bowl edition, Super Bowl 45. Maybe it's better that Pookie's gone when I put this jersey on because <laughs> the Packers beat the Steelers. But um, Hey, well, man, fun, hey, fun fact, I was at that game. I was at that game in Dallas. I was at that Super Bowl. Yeah. My dad's friend. He, he bought us tickets in the nosebleeds, but, I mean, it's the Super Bowl, so it doesn't matter what seat you have. He um, he was a huge Packers fan, huge Packers fan. He sat in the first tier. We sat in the nosebleeds, and he bet a lot of money on the Packers, and 
he was super happy that they won because he won all of his money back and some more. That's, dude, I had no idea because I know you go to a lot of NFL games. I never knew you went to a freaking Super Bowl. I, I'll be honest with you. I, have, I don't remember a lot of it. I was too young. I need We're to go drunk. to another one. No, I was, I, I was like 10 years old. Hey, that doesn't – dude, have you seen LSU fans? Yikes. Yikes. I'm serious on that one. We'll, we'll get into that in a different episode, but cannot be more real with you. That's crazy, dude. I, mm-hmm. I had no idea. Like, I knew they reserved, like, a certain small number of tickets for a Super Bowl, like, just for regular fans. But I thought so many of them were, the, like, corporate sponsors for employees and for gift packages and stuff. I had no idea that. Yeah, you can buy. I'm, I'm going awesome. to more Super Bowls. I don't care. Yeah, well, the way your cults are trending, maybe you get to see your boys play. So, I don't know. You know, it's funny. I said you're, you have an unfortunately timed jersey now that Diggs is with the Bills, but – who knows how much longer this jersey is appropriate. Exactly. And, we can, and we'll have all the time in the world to get into that. So where to start, man? The NFC North. So, Drew, in the past we've been talking about the most competitive divisions, the division most likely to get three teams into the playoffs. This division is not it. This division is not getting three teams into the playoffs. But the more I think about it, they have a – you know, they're putting on their stake for maybe the most competitive division – in the NFL, you look at these win over under totals. I've got Green Bay and Minnesota at straight nine, Chicago at eight and a half, Detroit at six and a half. So there's a lot to unpack here. I mean, I, again, I had not considered this division to be the most competitive, but looking back, I should have. What are your, just looking at the division in total, what are your initial thoughts? Well, I mean, when we talk about them, we can go ahead and talk about Detroit because I think they're the oddball out. Um, but as a overall with division, I all, I think the North has always been con- competitive and I think they've always been overshadowed by tougher divisions with the NFC West now, the NFC East for so many years before, but you, but every time you watch a NFC North game, whether it's the, the Bears, Lions, the Packers, Vikings, the Packers, Lions, Packers, whoever, they're always like, they're always big games they are always, you know, rival games because they've been in the same division for many of years they're always tough games especially whenever you have to go to Green Bay in December and play or you were playing in um, Chicago and it's you know it's a below freezing game and you're playing so I think they're always tough games and they're always competitive I just think that there's other divisions out there that have multiple teams that are always better than them because like like the the ratings are saying no one no one's gonna be over 10 wins per their over under so I believe that they're still tough. I just think that they don't have that those couple dominant teams like the NFC West has this year. No, and it's strange because the Packers, obviously, you, you if you listen to the podcast enough, you'll get to understand how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. You've heard me. You, you and I talk about this all the time. You know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. Um, just that sustained excellence over time. It's really been him carrying that team because that roster, if you look at it, is not that good. In my yeah. to just keep winning over time. The Bears a few years ago, I thought, ooh, they're in a position now. I was never sold on Trubisky, but I liked the direction that team was heading. And ever since they double-doinked, I'm double-doinking on my opinions on the Bears. I have no idea how to feel about them. Um, hey, a team's only as good as their kicker. They're having – they've always had place-kicking troubles, so that's really just a joke, honestly. But <laughs> – to be said but the Vikings man the I've been big on the Vikings because Mike Zimmer that defense is always going to be pretty solid 
I still like Kirk Cousins. I know a lot of other people don't. And I don't know where to rank him necessarily. Like, he's a guy who can go out and, and have a 350-yard game if he needs to. Or he can hand it off to Dalvin Cook 30 times a game. So, I don't know what to expect out of Kirk Cousins. You get rid of Stephon Diggs, but just looking back over the past three to four years, I've always thought the Vikings should be winning the division. If you go in the last four years, I thought they should have won the division twice. I thought the team was that good, but for whatever reason, that bad man just keeps getting it done. So, um, I don't know. This, If there was ever a year that the Vikings do it, it's this year to me. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think with the Vikings – they lost a lot on defense. You know, Linville Joseph, they lost Everson Griffin, who hasn't signed anywhere yet, but he's not on the team. Xavier Rhodes, like, they lost a lot of big pieces that have been there for a lot of years. But I do agree Mike Zimmer is a great defensive coach. Uh, I think he'll have him in the right spot. They still have Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr. Uh, they still have a lot of talented guys. Trey Wayne's on the cornerback. But I just think they lost a lot of big-name guys. They have Daniel Hunter, though, on the D-line that – they're not going to be as as dominant on defense, and they're going to need to lean more on Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen on the offensive side, which I think doesn't bode well for the Vikings. They lost Stephon Diggs and their OC, who's now in Cleveland. So I think they lost a lot of things that potentially has them fighting for a while. I, don't, I still think the Packers are going to win the division because the Packers brought back a lot of the same guys. And they didn't draft well because they drafted Jordan Love, in my opinion. They didn't help them uh, win games this year. But I think they, I think they still have the better team overall. I, I think, for me, time will tell with the Packers. Because, what, didn't they go 13-3 and last year? Yeah. That team is not a 13-3 and team to me. They're not they're, – they're like a 10-6 team. At yeah. best, it's there. You know, you have one of those teams every two to three years where you're like, they're not as good as their record. Like, honestly, the Patriots were a team like that this year because we had an insanely easy schedule mm-hmm. and we just weren't that good. And the defense was putting up those historic numbers. But when you look back at the teams they were playing, you know, we were playing against guys who were saying they saw ghosts. Yeah. So, and I mean, I mean, um, you think about it, the Bears a couple of years ago weren't a great team. They came out of nowhere with that great defense and they were they made it in the playoffs. So and they were a field goal away from, you know, advancing. So um, I, I, I think I think that's why I think it's why it makes this division always a tough division, because every game is going to be a hard fought uh, match. You know, there's no easy there's no easy games. And I don't think I don't think there's one dominant team out there that's like you're super scared of. Uh, and I, I think that I think you see that in the in the odds, you know, with the Vikings and the Packers both winning, both being at nine wins. With the Packers, I just don't know how much better they got, and that's why I say this is the year for the Vikings to do it because I know they retained a lot of that talent. I've got Jair Alexander, and I've got two great pass rushers. But I, I as far as that offense goes, I mean, I I don't know. I just don't know how much better they got. And again, I, this all remains to be seen until that ball is kicked, until we see what they actually look like. And my number one rule in life is to never count out Aaron Rodgers. So I've got that going against me. I just don't know. This is a very interesting division to me. And let's kick it off with the team that's expected to do the least. 
who in reality, I kind of like what they're doing. I'm not sure. I love their uniforms. Mm -hmm. Love the uniforms. And there is real quick, just an anecdote, Packers, Bears, Lions, three of the all time franchises with legendary owners. Um, you know, the, literally the heritage of the NFL is still around with those teams. Um, gosh, I think the McCaskies, the McCaskey family has the bears mm-hmm. freaking Lombardi stadium, Lambeau field, you know, it's, um, and then the, the Lombardi line. trophy. Yeah. You know, you the, the Ford family and the owner, I can't remember the owner's last name, but, I don't yeah. I hope it's not Ford. That's going to look bad. <laughs> but I know it's like – I think it's an elderly woman. Like, yeah. the bear, it's Virginia McCaskey. But um, this – I love that division because there's so much pageantry there. And not to mention Minnesota has arguably a top five stadium in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Even though my worst damn nightmare occurred <laughs> in that freaking stadium. <laughs> Philly yeah. special. Philly, fuck you. So <laughs> – No, so, I mean, looking in Detroit's schedule – I mean, they. We talked about it earlier. They could easily start off zero and four. I believe they could start off two and two. That's their best case, best case scenario right there. But you have the Saints and at Green Bay. Those are tough games that you're probably going to lose. You know, you're at at Arizona, which is a tough place to play, and then you're against the Bears, which again I think is a tough game. At Jacksonville, easy dub. Falcons. I feel like that's a toss up game, but I'm probably giving it to the Falcons. Uh, yeah, Falcons. You play the Colts, the Vikings next. Those are probably two L's. You've got the Skins. It's probably a win. At Carolina, another toss-up game. Texans, and then at Chicago, Green Bay, at Tennessee, Tampa Bay, Vikings. Like, they could easily end the season on a on a losing streak. Um, it just depends on, you know, how – obviously how the season's going. Those late games are hard to tell uh, what's going to happen just because you don't know how momentum's going. But – I think six wins is a good number or six and a half is a good number for them. I see them getting anywhere between four and probably seven is probably the most I see them getting. I'm taking the under just looking at their schedule. The thing with the NFC West that's tricky is they've got the, well, I said the NFC West North, the NFC yeah. North is that they have the NFC West this year. And so yeah. that means you got to go play, you know, the 49. No, no, they have the, they have the NFC South, sir. Do they really? Yes, sir. I am boy. I'm messed up. I keep looking at the wrong schedule. So, hey, well, that just makes my point even better. You get the NFC South. And you just said the Falcons. I don't know how yeah. I messed that one up. Yeah, I like the uh, – so, we talked about the NFC South in an earlier episode. I like the Falcons going into uh, this season. I think they've got a, a lot to prove and the weapons to do it. With the Lions, I'm looking at their first 10 to 11 games. I'm looking at maybe two and nine as a possibility with – the Redskins and the Jaguars being the only two teams who I think the Lions might be better than. Of course, you, you've in the NFL, no game's easy, right? So, mm-hmm. the, and like you said, they've got some winnable games, but that worst case scenario is not looking really good. It's, I mean, you're looking yeah, at I, tough games and a very real possibility, as you said, of going 0 4, two divisional games right off the bat, um, an early bye week as well. Yeah, so it's I mean, tough. But my thing with Detroit is, what's a bad season for Detroit? I would have them going under just because of the schedule, but I don't know how bad that is. I mean, hey, maybe you're tanking a little bit. Maybe you can get your replacement for Matt Stafford. Who knows how many good years he has left. Do you want to move on with him? So, I'll say this about Detroit. 
I personally have a weird like relationship with them because I don't know why, but I've always loved them since they've had Megatron. I, I think Matt Stafford's a great NFL quarterback just on a very bad team. They've always had weapons there that just, just spark my interest in the team. I love Kenny Galladay right now. I think he's a very, very underrated white receiver. And if you, if you watch the receivers episode, I talk about it a little bit. Marvin Jones is great. They just drafted Robert Swift. Um, or no, DeAndre Swift, sorry. Um, so they have great weapons for Matt Stafford. They have Carrion Johnson there already. Um, I, and they drafted TJ Hawkinson last year. Like they have great weapons offensively. I just don't think they've been able to put everything together um, as a whole team. They've kind of, they're kind of the same boat as the Cleveland Browns. Like they're kind of cursed as a franchise, I, I feel like. Well, Here's one thing I will say about a team who is down in the dumps and needs to rebuild. You want to have some older heads coming in who can write the ship, who know, you know, about championship character. So let me give you a little, little stat here, Drew. Projected going into the season, the Detroit Lions will have four defenders on their starting defense who played for the New England Patriots at one point or another. They just traded for former pass safety Deron Harmon. You got Trey Flowers, Arkansas boy, let's go, baby. First team All-ICC back in the day, all them sacks. Um, let's see, Danny Shelton and mm-hmm. Jamie Collins. So that's the way to start off with. Um, you're right about the roster. One thing I wanted to bring up is you get Darius Slay out of there. I, I don't really remember that whole saga going on, but it seemed like he was kind of unhappy with Detroit and they were trying to get him out of there. Mm-hmm. And you end up with – Oh, gosh, Desmond Trufant. Yeah. So it's kind of like a scenario where you get a, a two-for-one. So I get Desmond Trufant, and I get Jeff Akuda, who, you know, the Lions were high on. So I go give me a cornerback who potentially could be a top cornerback in the league on a rookie contract. I get Darius Slay out of there for the big money. So, And I forget that they've got another cornerback in there who they, who they like. Um, mm-hmm. I find his name real quick. But I like Justin Coleman. So – yeah, you're they looking, definitely. You're looking decent def- on defense, at least yeah. in the secondary. Yeah, they definitely have an interesting roster, top to bottom. Uh, I just don't know how talented they are today. Um, but I, I think, I think a couple of years. I think, but I always feel like Detroit's always in a rebuilding stage. Like they're never in a contending stage. The the they're never. They're never re- They're never like competitive. Um, even when they had Calvin Johnson, they were still terrible. I felt, and it just sucked that they that they were never good with him. My thing with the Lions is with Matt, I, I, I agree with you with Matt Stafford. He can put up the numbers, and he's got some weapons to use. Um, I love Hawkinson, man. Give me an Iowa tight end. Give me an Iowa offensive lineman, and let's go, baby. We're going to the freaking Super Bowl. All right? That's what I need. Um, and, oh, my gosh, my guy, Frank Ragnow on the offensive line, the nastiest mm-hmm. SOB from the University of Arkansas. I love with the Lions. So you got Trey Flowers, Frank Ragnow. You used to have Travis Swanson too. So we had hogs all over the place. That's the recipe to win, baby. But um, the, on offense, okay, yeah, in the pros, Drew, in the pros. <laughs> in the pros. So you mentioned DeAndre Swift, Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr., Hawkinson. You've got some pieces in there that you can – Danny Amendola too, am I right? Mm-hmm. So um, you've got the pieces there. With with Matt Stafford, though, injuries have been a problem with him as of late. So with the contract situation, which has got to be coming up in the near future, unfortunately I don't have his 
contract in front of me. I don't know how many years he has left on it um, since he signed that mega deal back mm-hmm. in the day. The, the tricky thing with the Lions is they're not expected to do much, but how much of a leash is Matt Patricia getting this year? I feel like they have to win a few games. Yeah. He, and he I don't needs know how many they can stay. win. Yeah. I think he was on the hot seat last year, and I think going into this year he's not in a great position. I hate the fact that coaches are on the hot seat in their second year. It takes time. Like, it takes time. Unless the, you lose the locker room, the culture's getting bad. You know, things mm-hmm. are obviously going downhill. Um, Freddie Kitchens is an example. That was just a bad hire to begin with. Like, yeah. what are we doing there? So that's my, my biggest question for the Lions has to be Matt Patricia himself is what does he have to do to keep his job? I want to see Matt Stafford play a whole season healthy um, and see what he's able to do. That defense, we mentioned some of the names, see how good they are in some mm-hmm. places. Um, but I don't know what to expect of the Lions, man. Yeah. That's and, and the only thing I can say is that schedule is tough enough that I don't see them winning in more than six games. But I do have my eye on them. I like the moves yeah. they're making, but the only problem is those moves may not pay off right away. And what does that mean for Matt Patricia? So as long as he's got that beard, he's got that pencil behind his ear, he might be able to pull some magic out of the hat yet. Who knows? I think another coach that's that's kind of been on the hot seat the last couple of years is Matt Nagy in Chicago. Uh, you know, again, in the transition, in, Drew, you're learning in, the game, baby. In the, in the same division. Um, but I think with, with when it comes to Chicago's problem is they've been hurt and they put all their eggs in a basket that was in a good basket in, in uh, Mitchell Trubisky. I think he, he wasn't as good coming out of college. You know, he only had one year uh, as, as a starter at North Carolina and he just hasn't really produced uh, like they thought he was going to. And in that same draft class, you have Pat Mahomes and, um Deshaun Watson think think about how good the Bears would have been today if they would have had one of those two quarterbacks I think they they would be it and if they would be the NFC North uh division champion for years to come with that defense that they have and I think I think as every team kind of figures out money becomes a problem and I think their defense has lost some guys due to money issues and uh, I just don't think they're they're still competitive I don't see them as an eight and a half wins um, because I think Trubisky is that bad. It's it's really easy to hammer on the Bears in hindsight. What I would say, you know, scouts see things differently with quarterbacks. They see things differently with so many players. My thing with some of these quarterbacks, and it goes to Trubisky, I've got a guy who's only played like one solid year of football. I think he had a really good year before – Gosh, I don't remember if he was a senior or not um, when he was drafted. But it's like the year before there was talk about him going into the season as being like, hey, this guy might be the number one quarterback in the country. Mm -hmm. But we don't see a lot. And he's also playing in the ACC. I don't even think he plays in Clemson's division. So you don't see him play Clemson. And and they got smoked, I'm pretty sure, in the uh, ACC championship game. Yeah, You don't have a lot of tape to go off. And honestly, sometimes it's better for these quarterbacks to not have a lot of tape going into the draft process because there isn't as much to critique. You see a lot of the big throws, but you don't see many of the places where he struggles. And even though Trevor Lawrence is arguably the greatest quarterback prospect we've had since Andrew Luck, scouts will still find parts in his game to dissect just because he has more years on tape. 
Yeah. But Trubisky, that won the case. I would say for Mahomes, I never got to see him work out in person, what he did for scouts. And they have, dude, just one NFL scout alone has so much more experience than I could ever have. They have all this information, all the stats on hand. But with Deshaun Watson, I would say is I've got a proven winner who won. Mm-hmm. So my question would be to the scouts, what did you see with Trubisky that you, did see with, you didn't see with Watson? Because with Mahomes, I saw him play in Terrap, Arkansas, and I saw some of his other games, but he didn't blow me away when I watched him. I didn't think his game transcended to the NFL. Deshaun Watson, on the other hand, I did see enough to say, what did y'all see with Trubisky that you didn't see with Watson? Yeah. So that's where I think it's fair to critique the Bears. Yeah. I would also I would have to know what other teams saw with Mahomes, but yeah. I do agree that Trubisky contract hurt him. Yeah, Not and I just having him. Yeah, and I think also they haven't done a great job with with even 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 at the quarterback position, whoever they had, they didn't do a great job surrounding him with weapons. I think Allen Robinson's another receiver in that division that's actually very talented, and he had he came in with a torn ACL, so his first year, um, I don't he didn't really play much. But last year he actually had a really good year, even though Trubisky was terrible. Um, but that's kind of it, you know. Tariq Cohen's a, is a great weapon. He's kind of like an Austin Eckler, but he's also like five nine and he can't really run in between the tackles that well. Um, but he's, a, he's just, so, he's just a scary weapon. And Dave and David um, Montgomery didn't have a great year and they thought he was going to come in and have a great year, but I, I just think they haven't had the best weapons around Trubisky or whoever the quarterback was, even Chase Daniel for them to even be successful. So I think they've done they, the organization as a whole, hasn't done a great job on the offensive side of the ball to help them win games. Defensively, they've had great success with their, whether through draft or, you know, they traded for Khalil Mack, they had, they made some great moves on defense, but with the trade for Khalil Mack, they sent a lot of way, they sent away a lot of picks and it hasn't really come back to help them. You know, they've been, they haven't been drafting high. Right. So on defense, you're looking at Kyle Fuller who on a, on any given day is one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You talked about some of the acquisitions they made on defense uh, this year, Robert Quinn, the contract's a little, Interesting there, five years, $70 million. What are you going to get? It's a pretty expensive contract. You do get Artie Burns, a former first-round pick for the Steelers. But, I mean, when we're talking about the Bears and offseason acquisitions, it begins and ends with the quarterback acquisition they made with Nick Foles. Yeah, big dick Nick. Yeah, and it's pretty big, unfortunately, (laughs) found out. I I do believe he starts day one. Unfortunately, I think you just – you have to eat your losses with Trubisky and I think Nick Foles probably does give you the best chance to win unless that this pandemic has just not being able to be in the rooms and meetings if there's something out there hampering his development with learning the offense that just gives Trubisky that little advantage there I gotta go with Nick Foles Um, I, I think Nick Foles best form is allowing Trubisky to play and not do great or get hurt and Nick Foles come in as a backup because we've seen him as a starter before not be very successful. Um, but I, I, I totally agree. I think the only thing that Trubisky has over Nick Foles is Trubisky can run. Uh, I think when they were doing good a couple of years ago, they were successful when he ran. Uh, but I think Nick Foles is just a better quarterback overall. I think he's going to, he's a better arm. He's better. He's, more intelligent probably than Trubisky when it comes to reading defenses. I think Trubisky's only good at reading half the field. 
And I think that takes away from Matt Nagy because I think Nagy's a really good coach. He stems from Andy Reid's system, uses some of the similar things as Andy Reid, but he's only able to use half of his playbook because his quarterback's not great. So I think, I think if you take Nick Foles and you put him in Trubisky's spot, the playbook opens up a little bit more. You lose a couple like read options here and there, but you can still run it. Just Nick Foles needs to give it every time. <laughs> but um, I, I think na- I think that's I think that's what's holding Nagy back too. So I think he's a great OC. Um, I don't know if he's a great head coach just yet, but his playbook hasn't been opened up as much as he probably wants. I honestly thought they were one of the favorites for Cam Newton to land. I, I had a feeling Cam Newton might end up with the Bears. Um, and I like the Nick Foles. I like them bringing the Nick Foles. I think you need that veteran presence. The, to me, and I mentioned this with Matt Patricia, these guys need time. What is Nagy going into his fourth year with the Bears? It's, yeah, it's, it's third or fourth year. He, he, his first year was the first, same year as uh, Trubisky, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there were times where I really liked Matt Nagy, and I don't know if the roster is really helping him out here. So – I'd like to see him get a few more years to prove himself for sure. Yeah. I definitely want to talk about Jimmy Graham for a second. Like, okay, you have Trey Burton on the roster already. So he's gone now. He's with your guys. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Who else do they have? Adam Shaheen? Does that sound right? Yeah, they drafted him a couple years ago. Yeah. um, They have, like – so I believe before the offseason they had 10 – tight ends on the roster did, I, don't know them. Right. I don't I don't know them by name besides a handful you're right they, that's crazy they they dropped Trey Burton one one thing about Trey Burton is he was he was hurt the entire time he was in Chicago he was never healthy played through injuries was never healthy that's why he was never able to be his full Trey Burton um but then this year you go out and you sign Jimmy Graham to a fat contract somehow he gets these contracts even though he's probably the worst starting tight end in the NFL. Uh, he couldn't even be successful with Rodgers as his quarterback. Can you believe we're saying that after the years he had with New Orleans? Can you believe yeah. we're sitting here saying that right now? There was that conversation where if you were taking a tight end between him and Gronkowski about eight years ago, that's a legitimate question. Exactly. It really yeah. was. But then, but then the crazy thing is they go out with their, with their first pick in this draft, they draft Cole Komet. Yeah. which I think he's a great tight end, you know, being from Notre Dame, I know a lot about him, but I think he went to the wrong team. Um, you know, he might be successful with them, but I don't think they needed him. I think they had a lot of options at tight end. Uh, and they, I think they needed to go uh, elsewhere to help build their team, but they went tight end. So. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Graham, the thing is, and you can assess different parts of his game earlier in his career, the talent was there. I mean, he arguably was the you can make a case he was the greatest tight end in football at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't say that because I love my 87, even though he's went to Tampa Bay. Um, but the man went absent in Green Bay. And no matter whose fault that is, I can't ignore that. Mm-hmm. But his run blocking is also absent. There's no – he does he can't run block. And it seems like with Chicago drafting uh, Cole Komet – I would imagine they like that two tight end set that the NFL more and more you're starting to see more two tight end sets. The Patriots are obviously going back to that with drafting two tight ends with two of their picks. So you take a guy who can't pass ball, who can't run block, but here's the best way for me to assess the Jimmy Graham acquisition. The Steelers picked up Eric Ebron for less money. Mm-hmm. 
why could if I'm going to give out that much money to a tight end, I want Eric Ebron. Exactly. So, to me, that was – there are several NFL insiders that say Jimmy Graham, that pickup was the worst offseason acquisition for any team across the league. Yeah, I mean – I, I think totally the Bears agree. are hurting themselves here. Yeah, I, I don't – like I said, I don't think their, their GM and their organization is great when it comes to acquiring talent, whether through the draft or through – uh, trade. I think Khalil Mack is the outlier. Um, but, you know, we, we haven't really talked about the, the, the schedule really, but, you know, they, they're at eight and a half. I don't think they get to, to eight wins. Dude, uh, you know, they're bad respect. They're, they're, yeah, they're playing. I think, like, like, looking at their defensive starters, they have one of the best defenses in the league, you know, hands down. But they weren't great last year. You know, they, they, they did not have a great season as a defense. Um, you know, they play the AFC South, which, again, depending on how you look at the AFC South, you can either go 4-0 against them or you can go 1-3, and depending on how you look at the Texans, Titans, and Colts. Um, and then they also play the NFC South. So, you know, again, depending on how you look at them, you're probably going 1-3 and against them. So that's 2-6 two, that's two and six just on non-conference or non-divisional games. And then you look at the division – do you really think they're beating the Vikings and the Packers? Probably not. The only team they probably beat 2-0 is the, is, a, is the Detroit Lions. So I think eight and a half is very, very respectful. Like, well, disrespectful in the sense of how the Bears were last year and how probably not good they're going to be this year. The, the Bears, to me, are in a scenario uh, just where maybe they pull off some of those games. I, at the top, like I mentioned earlier, Green Bay, I don't know how much better they got. Minnesota, I'm not sure how much better they got. You know, you lose Stephon Diggs. That's obviously just one piece of the puzzle, and he's a receiver. So, mm-hmm. But I don't know how much better those teams got. The Bears, like you said, great defense, we think. You got an all-world pass rusher, which can, can really save your butt at times. Mm-hmm. And one-man wrecking group at times. Um. I don't know. I would certainly take the under based on the schedule, but I can see where, you know, with the NFC South, one and three is more likely. With the AFC South, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's it really comes down to – to me, it's more the Texans. Mm-hmm. Although, get, sign me up for what for whatever reason. This sounds like an NFL London game, mm-hmm. Tennessee and Chicago. It's like a weird matchup, but sign me up for that one. That's I I think that's a good barometer for for both teams to see where they are, especially Chicago though. Um, yeah. So I could see them winning eight games. Nine games would certainly be good. My thumbs up yeah. for them. Um, my now where's Matt Nagy on this hot seat in terms of hot seat like? There's certainly a number to where he gets fired if you only win this amount of games, but what's, what justifies keeping him around another year? To me, I don't think seven and nine is – I think I think if you go seven and nine, he's probably there next year, but I yeah, think his seat I, gets hotter. I think each year that he doesn't make the playoffs, his seat gets hotter. But oh, I, think well, he, I think he's going to have a couple years there before, he, he, before they move on from him. I would say um, eight and eight is he goes into next season with a lot of question marks. But I don't I don't even know if 5 and 11 gets him fired necessarily. I just think that raises a lot of questions because that ro- that roster is another iffy to be seen. We don't know. We honestly we just don't know. Yeah. Same with the Lions. 
Yeah. But I mean, when you 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 say they they go 2 0 against the Lions, I'm telling you, it's like the NFL just has a weird way of working, man. That team from the bottom will come up and nap you. And, you know, you don't know. Yeah, but I mean, when we when we're talking about rosters, I believe the two best rosters, obviously, in this division are the the Vikings and the Packers. And really, it's a pick your poison on who you believe is the is going to win. You know, they're both they're both at nine, at the over under. I mean, we're we're wearing Packers. Well, I'll I'll let Sandy talk about the Packers and I'll talk about the Vikings a little bit. But um, you know, they're they're both great teams, top to bottom. You know, we've seen the 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 Vikings have success in the playoffs against the Saints the last couple of years and make it to the NFC championship a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, the Packers was in the NFC championship last year. So these teams are well represented in the NFC. I just, there has, it's been a minute since they've gotten over that hump and to the Super Bowl. So do you believe this could be the year for one of these teams, Sandy? No, no. Um, listen, I, I held up my jersey when you were talking about the two best rosters. To me, it comes down to this guy, number 12. He – on his – okay, no, Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, but Rodgers is capable of magic. That magic has won the division these past few years. And just because I think Green Bay and Minnesota are on equal footing, Rodgers is what puts the Packers above for now. It's because I know what he can do. Mm-hmm. But that, again – I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I really think the way to go for Green Bay was to say, listen, we either go get one of these receivers. Let's give Aaron one more weapon. But also what's concerning is how San Francisco, like I drew has Mahane Rostert stopped running yet. I think he's still going. Yeah, he probably still is. I think he's, he's at about 800 yards right now on that defense, dude. Like they have serious issues on the defense that the 49ers will continue to exploit. From what I've seen, Matt LaFleur wants to go more to that running offense like Kyle Shanahan. That's great, but I don't think the Packers – well, this is just seen from their number one pick. They didn't improve in the areas to me where they had to improve to be a contender this year. I thought at least if I go out and get, let's say, Justin Jefferson, who's coincidentally with the Vikings. Mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson gives me someone in the slot who can also line up out wide. Who makes defenses respect you? And that gives Rodgers one more weapon. And maybe that's the difference between them winning one or two games here, one or two games here or there. Um, but no, they're not good enough right now for me to even think about them going toe-to-toe with the 49ers. The Saints are better mm-hmm. to me. I don't know what the Buccaneers are, but I know what they are on paper. And on paper, I like them – and a one-off with the Packers, and the best thing is we get to see it, baby. Mm-hmm. We get to see it. A-Rod and Tom, another time. So, no, Green Bay to me is not, unfortunately, I love the Packers franchise, man. That's an iconic franchise. And, again, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I, I royally think they screwed up here because you still have a quarterback who can go out and win you games. You got to help them out. They didn't. And I could be proven wrong. Jordan Love may end up being great. But for so many reasons that we listed in earlier episodes, it was bad timing, bad pick. And even if he does okay, you can't convince me otherwise. So Packers are not Super Bowl winners, not contenders. The Vikings, I think the Vikings might be better off in the playoffs than the Packers. Um, They're built a little better. Well, they gave the 49ers a better game, remember? Yeah. 
and I've got Dalvin Cook. You want to talk about a team who can run the ball, Minnesota can run the ball. Wasn't there a game where Kirk Cousins threw, like, six passes, maybe five passes? Yeah, it was – well, no, I thought it was Jimmy G. Well, Jimmy G did it, too, in the playoffs, but there was a game where Dalvin Cook got the ball, like, 30 times. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was that was earlier in the regular season. That was, like, okay. weeks five or six, somewhere around there. I like Minnesota. I just don't know what – I like you said, the deep, you lose some pieces on defense, especially with Everson Griffin. Um, I love Adam Thielen. And yeah. I was just talking about Justin Jefferson. He's now with the Vikings. I think the Vikings are better built in the playoffs to win a game or to win a game than the Packers, but that's not saying much in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think both teams are are playoff teams. I think they're gonna yeah. be in there in the playoffs. Uh, I think they're once they're in the playoffs, they're probably gonna be a tough team to beat. But you know, especially if you have to go to Lambo, I think that's the biggest thing for the Green Bay Packers is if they have home games in the playoffs, that's a tough place to win. Um, yeah. but you have to you have to do your work in the regular season. You know, they they were they were again an inch away if the Niners lost the Seahawks to being the number one seed last year in the oh, NFC. That's and crazy. that could have that could have changed a lot because again, playing in Lambo is a very tough to place to play, especially in December. And with them wanting to go to run the ball and 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 be more of a defensive team, that that makes it even tougher to play in Lambeau. Um, but I, I, I agree with you. I think both teams don't really have a chance to make it to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised, though, to see, like, Rodgers in there just because of how Rodgers is. He does have a Mahomes-like He's magic to him. So I think I think if if him if you give him the chance he he has a chance to make to lead him to the Super Bowl but I don't think you get that with the Vikings I think the Vikings are probably a more complete team just because I think Rodgers really doesn't doesn't really like the OC and the and the head coach as much because he he's not throwing the ball as much so I think there's a little like you know line in the sand there's a little you know distance between the coaching staff and the and the players just for that reason but. I think both teams are very good. I think they're both great rosters or great organizations. You got to love when the, you know, there was nothing better than watching, uh, what's his name? Case Keenum do the skull a couple of years ago in the Minneapolis miracle uh, that, you know, that was great to watch. So I think both, both places are games that I want to go see at. Uh, and I think it's, it's partly because the teams are so great and the organizations are ran really well. I'm, I'm looking at the schedules for both teams. Um, I mean, the, the Packers do play – do have a tough schedule. I can see why they there's a chance they only have nine. You know, they play the NFC South, so they got to play the Bucks, and they got to play the Saints, but they play them both in uh, – uh, they both play them uh, away, and then they have to play in San Francisco. Then they play in Indianapolis, which is a tough game, and they have to play the Eagles. So I can see them winning only nine games, I, th I think – they split the series with Minnesota. They probably go 2-0 versus the other guys in the division. You know, you play the AFC South, which isn't, again, one of those divisions. So I think there, there, there's a real chance that they, you know, nine wins is the number they hit. And then when you look at the Minnesota, again, they, they play in Seattle. They do – they play against the Cowboys uh, at home. They play Tampa and the Saints away. So I think those are tough games for both teams where that's probably why they're at nine wins, because they have a lot of tough road games, not just games in general. They have to go to these tough stadiums, you know, places like uh, Seattle and San Francisco, um, and play away games 
So. Yeah. And if my schedule, the one I'm reading is correct, they've also got the Saints away. Yeah, both teams have the Saints away and both right. teams have the Bucks away. Yeah. So those those are those are some tough games I, right I don't there. know how tough the Bucks are to play away. I mean, they got a good roster, but I don't know how good well, I mean, it's, it's a good team. Yeah, I mean, but think about it though. Tampa Tampa weather is, is different than up north. It, it can be real humid. And As we saw rain. yesterday on TV, bro, that Tampa that that Florida weather Exactly. And, and and in the summer it gets it gets real humid out there, uh, you know, if it rains. So uh, it can be really tough on those guys up north, especially if they're used to playing. You know, it's different when it's cold compared to when it's hot rain. I, I don't know what it's like in Dallas today, but when I went for my morning run, bro, that, the, my shirt came off within five minutes. It was, it was humid, man. Mm -hmm. So we, well, you and I know about that. And those fall camp temperatures, man. You step out first day of fall camp, you step out in that turf, you're like, woo! -hoo -hoo. Exactly. It's football time, dude. Yeah, I mean, like we said from the beginning, insanely important division competitive division we were talking so we did that episode where we were talking about the week one matchups we were most excited for I didn't mention it but Green Bay at Minnesota man or I think it, it might be Minnesota at Green Bay I'm not sure if you can it's look it's, at, it's at Minnesota dude listen man I'm all about tone setting right away what, what do we look setting the tone for the rest of the season to me that game is you know you talk about Tampa Bay and New Orleans being a big one the big names are involved too but this that game that week one matchup Green Bay Minnesota is to me it's huge mm -hmm. because it gives those two teams who are going to be neck and neck we feel like one of them's going to get a leg up on the other and I don't think they play each other again until midway through the season I'm not sure maybe later in the season yeah they play week eight I I, I think it's massive I mean every divisional game is massive but this this they all count the same I'm going to keep throwing cliches at you one again. Very curious to see how that game goes. And honestly, if I could only watch one game in week one, it might be that one because that's, mm -hmm. this division is so close. And if the Bears are getting some respect at eight and a half, so if the Bears are as good as USA Today thinks they're going to be, that game could be huge for, for you know. The rest of the season. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And seeding too. It's a massive yeah. game. And yeah. how do the Packers look? The more the Vikings are. You know, if I'm the Vikings, man, I do the same thing that San Francisco did. We're putting our fingers in the dirt or the turf, and we're going. Yeah. White knucklers. That's what we call them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so com coming out of the south, or coming out of the north, who do you have as the division winner, and who do you have making the playoffs? It's tough, Drew. It's tough. And really, I I'm serious when I say this. The jersey I'm wearing is the only reason why I'm going with Green Bay. I've said so many disparaging things about them. I I've, I've really honestly have not said anything good about them other than Aaron Rodgers himself. But in the division, this neck and neck, it pays to have the best quarterback, and they've got the best quarterback, even though I love that. I like that. I love it. Kirk Cousins, man. Bet one of the best stadiums in the league. It's true Philly Philly. But – I'll go with Green Bay for now, just because of number twelve. Yeah, you think you think, but you think Minnesota gets in the playoffs? Here's my thing, man. Here's my thing, because when you talk about who's going to get into the playoffs, are they a playoff contender? Absolutely. But with the NFC South, I've got the Falcons, who I think will be a playoff contender to get in to sneak in. Tampa Bay is probably in. 
most likely in. I go to the NFC West. 49ers or Seahawks are getting in for sure with the seeding. And there, there's a wild card team in there for sure. One of those is a wild card. So there's one of my wild cards taken away. Tampa Bay is probably taking away another wild card. So I've only got one left. And No, you'll have two. Remember, new playoff. That's what, that's what I'm saying. So I've got three wild cards now. Oh, yeah. And San Francisco or Seattle takes away one of those wild cards. Okay, I see what Tampa saying. Bay, and my I think the Saints win the division. So Tampa Bay takes away another one. So I've got one wild card left. It's tough to get three teams in, but the Falcons don't – and the, the NFC East. So the Eagles or the Cowboys is probably going to get that other wild card. So in this division, I don't know, man. Yes, Minnesota is certainly a contender. It's too hard for me to say for sure who I think will get in the wild card in the NFC just because every single division has a team – that I think gets in. And even with three wild card spots, I don't know. You know what? I love it too much. Get, let's go, Minnesota in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I love it too much. Give me Kirk Cousins, man. I love that guy. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that I think the the Packers probably win. And I think I think like you said, it's a big thing that they're playing the South because you do get those chances. You know, if the Falcons steal a game from from the from the Vikings or the Packers or the Bears, that could be a tiebreaker whether or not they're going to get in the playoffs or not. So that that's a those are big division. Uh, you know, not, those are big conference games between the South and the and the North with the Falcons and the Bucks and the the Saints, just because those are games that could be used as tiebreakers right. whenever we come down to playoffs. So I think those are big. But I think the Packers do get in as the division champs, and I think the Vikings probably squeeze in there. Alrighty, that'll do it for this episode of Splitting Uprights. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can find us on YouTube at Splitting Uprights. You can also find us on Twitter using our Twitter handle at Splitting Ups. That's S-P-L-I-T-T-I-N-U-P-S. There we try to push out as much Twitter content as possible, including our daily poll question. We will also be posting the link to each individual episode on Twitter. And you can find the link to our main podcast page in our bio. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.